1 Samuel, it's chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. I invite you as we hear this word to open your hearts, open your ears, open your minds. Let us hear now this story. Now the boy Samuel was serving the Lord under Eli. The Lord's word was rare at that time and visions weren't widely known. One day Eli, whose eyes had grown so weak he was unable to see, was lying down in his room. God's lamp hadn't gone out yet, and Samuel was lying down in the Lord's temple where God's chest was. The Lord called to Samuel. I'm here, he said. Samuel hurried to Eli and said, I'm here, you called me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go lie down. And so he did. Again, the Lord called Samuel, so Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, I'm here. You called me? I didn't call, my son, Eli replied. Go and lie down. Now Samuel didn't yet know the Lord, and the Lord's word hadn't yet been revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called Samuel. He got up and went to Eli and said, I'm here. You called me? Then Eli realized that it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So Eli said to Samuel, go and lie down. If he calls you, say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down where he'd been. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank, thank you for the family choir that sings throughout to the summer. That also serves as an invitation. If there's any of you who at some point during the summer want to join uh, this great group of voices, you don't have to join or be a member of the Chancel Choir, but you can, Alan would welcome you to come and join at 1030 on a Sunday morning and, and learn and participate. It's a great way for us to continue to joy, enjoy each other's uh, presence throughout this summer in a more casual environment. As we start this morning, I celebrate that we're just a couple weeks past Pentecost where we've been diving in, exploring the the role of the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about how the Holy Spirit is one who inspires us, who accompanies us, who sustains us. And last week, I I launched a three-week series that we're calling Come Alive as we continue to talk about ways that we are invited to be a part of the work and the movement of God at work in the world. Last week, we, we started by looking at the fruits of the Spirit, all the ways in which we can encounter and know and experience what the Holy Spirit does, what it looks like, what it feels like, and its fullness. Now, I'm sure that many of you have had the experience at some point along the way of wanting to get someone's advice about something, whether or not this is from something very small and petty or maybe something bigger. Maybe you've gone to someone that you know and trust before uh, to to seek their uh, opinion and say, uh, what do you think of this outfit that I'm wearing? Or maybe it's something bigger, like you are um, trying to decide what college to go to or or what to do next with your career or something related to your, your family. 
We tend to go to people in times that we want advice or, or to understand um, ways in which um, people can come alongside a, us and help us to, to listen to, to what we might should be doing. Because often we can feel insecure and, and what is it that I should do next or, or what is it that I should hear or, or see and, and so we go to others and then we have to choose whether or not we're going to listen to what they say. We have to decide whether or not we are going to listen to maybe the person that helps us to feel good about what they have said or uh, to, to listen to the person who we feel like is being honest with us, even though that might not be the most comfortable thing to us. As Crystal in her children's movement helped us to think for a moment, we sometimes have a problem of understanding who and what and how do we listen. And isn't it certainly true that as we look at the role and the power and the fullness of the Holy Spirit, that there too we have this question of what do I listen to? Or how do I listen? Or what does this listening require of me? Do you know that on average, we, we being human beings, spend about 75% of our day engaged in some form of communication? Whether or not that's us consuming information or engaging in some form of dialogue. And about 55% of this is devoted to our listening, or at least the idea of perhaps that we are listening to the conversation going on. Now, we all know that there are some people that are a little bit more chattier than others. I did not turn to the choir intentionally at that moment, <laughs> believe me. But we, we have people who, um, who express themselves in, in different ways. But on average, the, a person can speak as much as 125 to 175 words per minute. That's, that's a lot of communication that, that goes on in, in our lives throughout a day. This past week, I've started that process of pulling books off of my shelf in the office and I've had the very hard task of deciding if I need all of these books that I have. I'm, I'm trying to pare down a bit as I go through things. And as I've taken book by book down, I've held many titles and authors in my hands. And I've had some really fond memories of, of the learning and the growth that I did under each one of these voices. I also have to admit that I realized how many books I never finished or never got around to reading. Some of those are going with me and some I'm going to let go of. But voices from the past come through many of the books that we read. I, I picked up, for example, Maya Angelou's book that's entitled Letters to My Daughter. And I thought about how much her writing and I even had the opportunity to hear her speak when I was in college, how much it influenced me and enlightened my perspective. Because often that's what happens when we make a connection with, with, with someone, whether or not it's in person or, or an author or through our studies, is what we learn and glean from what their experience and perspective is. Now some of these books I'm going to let go of, though. Not because I didn't like them, but because... They have gone deeper 
into who I am. And I, I now carry them in such a way with me that I no longer need to, that the words on the page to hang on to the meaning that some of these books and authors and theologians have given me. Now the word spirit... It's used over 200 times in the Hebrew text alone. But many times it's not talking about the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God. But the word spirit can even be referring to an evil spirit or the spirit of an individual. The reality is, is that the, the spirit is, can bring a lot of things to us. We hear about the, the spirit related to, to justice in Isaiah 42.1, it says, The Lord has put his spirit upon his servant, and he will bring justice to all nations. The Holy Spirit existed even in creation. The Holy Spirit en enables us to realize that we have even the ability to heal others and to be a part of others' growth. A prophetic letter later on in Isaiah says, The Spirit of the Lord God has anointed me because he has taught me and sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners. The Holy Spirit beckons us to participate and respond to the words of God. But first, we have to hear. And in order to hear, we have to be listening. Now, for many of us, I think at that moment we might think, sure, yeah, that sounds good. I'll, I'll listen to what the Holy Spirit might say or, or speak to me. But then, either we don't expect much of that, or we have this secret desire, perhaps, for it to sound familiar or safe, comfortable to follow. And it'd be really nice if it would just generally fit with what we're already doing, right? But this sometimes is exactly some of what can inhibit and limit our hearing. We learn what to listen to from those who have also listened. I'm going to say that again. We learn what to listen to from those who have already listened or been listening. I'm sure you can think of mentors and teachers and, and friends and families, authors, artists. There are a lot of voices to be heard. And there's also a lot of distractions that can arise in the midst of that as well. I just got to spend a, a little bit of time with my nephew, Timothy, who is five years old this past week. And after a couple of hours of fun doing an activity in the afternoon, later on that evening, we turned a movie on. And it was one that Timothy has seen multiple times. It wasn't new or, or fresh or anything. In fact, I think you've seen it many times and even in this past month. But on multiple occasions, I would call his name and to ask him a question, and he, he didn't even move or, or react at all. He was completely focused in. And even at one time, I made my way over, and I sat next to him and kind of tapped his leg a little bit and said, Timothy? It's like I didn't exist. I mean, he was so focused in. 
At one point, I even dropped a glass in the kitchen, and he did not even flinch. There was, there was zero reaction. And I'm pretty sure that that amount of focus and listening will, will not happen as he enters kindergarten this next year. But we can have some wishful thinking that he can be that focus. There are so many things that demand our attention. So many distractions around us. Sometimes it can be hard for us to know exactly what is the voice of God speaking and what is just crazy Aunt Sally trying to give us some advice. As we look at the scripture this week, the relationship between Eli and Samuel would have been incredibly common in that day. For a young boy to, to have a teacher or a mentor under which uh, that person studied, there's a lot of really cool details about the early life of Samuel and who he is and how he came to be. And I would love it if you'd go and read that first part of, of 1 Samuel to read about the development of, of understanding uh, who Samuel is. But I really want us to just to focus in on what we read today and, and zoom in on it. We know that Samuel's young. We don't know exactly how old he is. But w- w- the scripture names that he did not yet know the Lord. He was a student a learner. He was, he was studying under Eli, who was his mentor, his leader, and he was a leader in the community. He had a predominant role to play, he, he and his sons, in the culture of the day. And then we also learn something about Eli, that his eyesight might be failing, as kind of generally what we heard in the scripture, which arguably could be referred to and referencing a couple of different things. One, it could just simply be helping us to understand that it was the evening time, nighttime, when uh, this story occurred and unfolded, and so maybe he couldn't see as well. Or perhaps it was referring to the age of Eli, that we all know we have a little bit more difficulty with our sight as we grow older. But even perhaps, maybe, there was some of it that was caught up in that Eli had not been paying attention to what God was trying to direct him to see. But we do know that in the midst of of that piece of, of Eli, that he was also very sharp. And he had some insight that he could offer. He clearly still was open to hearing a word from the Lord. Now looking back at this story, we know that it is evening time. And Samuel is laying down in a certain part of the house. And he hears someone call his name. And so assuming that it has to be Eli, he runs to Eli's bedside and says, I'm here, you called me? And Eli says, no, I I didn't call you. Go lay back down. And then a second time, Samuel hears again his name being called. And so he rushes to Eli and says, I'm here. Did you call me? And again, Eli says, no, it wasn't me. Go and lay back down. And then the third time, the voice calls. And Samuel again goes to Eli And Eli realizes that it must be the Lord that is calling to Samuel. And he advises for Samuel to return and to lay back down. And when he hears the voice again to say, 
Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Now, in contrast to Moses, of another character of the Old Testament who got to go up on a mountain and have all these long chapters and and conversations that are dedicated to his conversation and even his arguments with God, or Adam and Eve who got to work around the garden talking with God, this story here in 1 Samuel also announces that the word of the Lord was rare. And it sounds like rarer still was responding to the word. I think about today in 2019 and how much we might be able to relate to that feeling like the word of the Lord being spoken to us might feel rare. And with the rarity of us being able to identify an audible hearing of a divine voice, we also tend not to be in the habit of listening for God's voice. But in this moment, Eli knew what to do. Eli knew what Samuel should do. To open himself up, even though scripture tells us that he did not yet know the Lord. The Lord was speaking to Samuel. And equipping him and and giving him a message that he was supposed to go back and tell his mentor. Do you hear how cool that dynamic and that relationship is? That the student has become a part of the teacher because of the openness to hearing what the Lord might be saying? But what happens in this story I think it has some profound application for our lives. After all, we spend 75% of our time communicating with other people. And hopefully, in the midst of that, in much of our time, we have been developing thoughtful and trustful relationships with others. Samuel trusted Eli. Eli trusted Samuel. Sometimes it's difficult for us to distinguish what is of God, what is coming from God. Is it, is it something the Holy Spirit is speaking to me? Or can I just ignore it and, and, and put it to the wayside and, and not pay attention to it? Now, I can't stop the story right there. Because what happens and develops immediately after Samuel goes back to lie down is incredibly important. God does indeed speak to Samuel that night. And the message that God gives is actually about how Eli and his household have not been listening to God. And so he turns to Samuel and says, will you help me? To share with Eli and his household what I need and want them to be about. Now, if I were Samuel, and God gave me some message where I had to go back and tell my mentor about how they were not listening well to the voice of God, I think I'd be a little bit intimidated. How about you? That's not an easy task and role to play, is it? 
And yet, Eli even encouraged Samuel the next day as they talked and said to him, Samuel, what did the Lord tell you? Don't hide anything from me. Don't don't not tell me all of what God told you. And in that moment, I believe that Eli's eyes became a little bit brighter as he listened and was willing to hear from Samuel what God had spoken. What Samuel did was expose the threat of leadership that was in power. Eli and his household that announcing that they had become way too concerned with their own security and their own wealth rather than taking care of the people that they were meant to serve. But we know that one of the overwhelming witnesses of what the prophets often come to tell us, those who are listening and attuned to what God might be saying is that God doesn't have a tolerance for those who are going to prey on the weak or who are going to abuse their power or eat their fill while others go hungry. Eli's role in Samuel's calling does remind us that we are called to learn how to discern God's voice in relationship to what God is doing among us. It is oftentimes that mentors and friends, those we have trusted relationships with, as as we say what we're feeling and thinking and experience, it is often those people who help attune our hearts and our minds to hear from God in a new way. The question then becomes, are we listening? And are we willing to respond to what God might be saying to us. Trusting God enough and trusting even ourselves enough to discern what the Holy Spirit is leading us to see and to understand. The Holy Spirit is not something we just learn about and that sounds nice that the Holy Spirit's with me and and just go about ignoring or putting anything to the wayside. But it's something, the Holy Spirit moves us and shapes us, shapes our living, beckoning us to come alive, to step into what God is speaking and sharing and telling us, even when it might feel uncomfortable or challenging or like nothing we've experienced before. And I look around at Uh, the world in which we live. And and certainly, yes, there are plenty of distractions and, and plenty of voices. And it is with a humble and faithful heart that we are called to listen carefully. But we, church, are invited to listen to the needs of what's going on around us. Who are the brokenhearted? Who are those who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness and justice and peace and freedom. Because we know that in the fullness of who God is through the Holy Spirit, that we have a freedom to love, 
to be gentle and kind, faithful and good. That is the work that we are called to do as we listen to the Spirit speaking. This past week, as we sent out uh, the email, if, if you don't get it, you can certainly sign up online. But I shared in that message this week a Eugene Peterson quote that has stuck with me and I, I think has great um, application to our conversation today about uh, the role of the Holy Spirit. And this is what Eugene Peterson said. The assumption of spirituality is that always God is doing something before I know it. So the task is not to get God to do something I think needs to be done, but to become aware of what God is doing so that I can respond to it and participate and take delight in it. Listening. It's not about just finding a quiet moment and saying, Okay, God, I'm here. If this is a convenient time, could you go ahead and let me know what you need to say, and I'll do my best. It's so much deeper than that. It's an opportunity for us to be attuned to the movement of God, the aliveness of God, what God is changing and shaping and molding and moving in our world, and for us to be a part of it. To participate. But in order for us to hear it, we have to be listening. May we find those moments to deeply listen to where and what God would want us to be about, both as individuals in our lives, with those we interact with on a daily basis. And may it be so for the world, for our community, so that this fullness and goodness and love of God might come and that we get to be a part of it. May it be so, the gift of the Holy Spirit to dwell with us and within us. Amen.